bless your people as they bring you your tithe and as they give offerings in Jesus' name. Amen. And I was killed Like you can hear me anyway. So tonight we're starting a three-week series um, uh, on the Wednesday night. So tonight, next Wednesday, and then the following Wednesday night. And I've titled this Things That Last. You know, there are, there are a lot of things in this life that just don't last. If you've ever bought a new car the excitement of that new car. How many know that excitement of the new car doesn't last? <clears throat> Usually it doesn't last past the first payment <clears throat> because, you know, you're going to be paying on that thing for the next 45 years. <laughs> so little exact, slight exaggeration. But <clears throat> the new car smell, you know how you get in a new car and they get that new car. How many know that? Smell gives way to other smells. And, uh, you know, the, the perfect body on that, uh, you know, uh, all you have to do is park in Safeway, Walmart, or church parking lot, and after a little bit of time, it'll have dinks and uh, dings and all of that in it. And so there are things that just in this life, they just don't last, but we're going to look tonight and the next two Wednesday nights, following two Wednesday nights, on things that will last forever, I asked Jason Poole uh, 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 for, you know, just some inspiration for a graphic that I could use to illustrate uh, things that last forever, and this is what Jason came up with. (laughs) Uh, 
because, you know, they, they have a shelf life of, of like, forever. <laughs> but, you know, the, I, I like the idea, but I thought maybe a, a more traditional graphic might be a little better, so I, I settled on that, things that last. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, this is a very important verse of Scripture. It's the one we're going to launch from uh, every uh, night in this series. <clears throat> Three things will last forever faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Uh, These are three things that will last forever, and the truth is if they are functioning, operating in our life, they will help us last forever. Faith, hope, and love will build us. They will strengthen us. They will keep us keeping on in a world that is constantly in transition and change. I mean, you know, things in this world are changing like crazy. Uh, that wasn't a news flash to any of us, was it? There, there are constantly in our lives, there are things that are in transition and change, but there are three lasting things, faith, hope, and love. And tonight, we're going to look at the first of these, and that is faith. Faith is fundamental in our lives. I, I, as I was preparing this message, I, I remember in the educational realm there was a, a tagline about education, and it was that reading is fundamental. And what the, they mean by that, we know, is, is that reading is so important. The ability to read and, and process that information is so fundamental to our education. All the other things in our education will follow the ability to read, right? So reading is fundamental. Well, in our life with God, faith is fundamental. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19 says, Having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Now, none of us here tonight are planning on being shipwrecked. Because we have come, even on a Wednesday night, who would have ever thought that anybody would go to church more than just one time a week? But we are here on a Wednesday night. You are here on a Wednesday night because you are a believer. And because of that, you're coming to receive and that your faith may be strengthened. So faith is fundamental. Everything in our lives as believers revolves around faith and believing. We get saved by faith, don't we? Ephesians chapter 2 says that we are saved by grace through what? Faith. And so we're going to look at what we believe in tonight, the faith. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7, Paul is writing and he says, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Jude, verse 3 says, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. So we're going to look at faith, the faith, our believing, and see the faith is not based, uh, our faith tonight is not based on a philosophy or just a teaching, but it's based around a person. 
faith, when we're talking as far as our faith is built around something more than just a belief system or believing in general. Our faith is not just believing in general. You know, there are a lot of people who think, well, you know, it really doesn't matter what you believe about God as long as you just believe. And so, you know, God and what you believe may be one thing or another. Some people believe that God is nature. You know, Mother Earth. It's the birds that sing. It's the fish that swim. It's the cows that moo. Mother Earth. Creation. Now, don't get me wrong. I like nature. I do. I like nature. I like cows. Ribeye, prime rib. No, but seriously, I love, I love nature, but God, listen, God isn't nature. He created nature. And when the Bible talks about the faith, it's more than just general beliefs about God. It is talking about something, or more accurately, someone. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, it says, For whatsoever is born of God, overcomes the world, and this is the victory that over, has overcome the world, our faith. Say, my faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The faith, our faith, isn't just what we believe in. It's more about who we believe in. Our faith tonight is not built around a teaching. It's not just built around a philosophy. It's not just built around something some guy came up with sometime. Our faith is, is about somebody. It's not just about what we believe in, a teaching, philosophy. It's built around a person with a capital P, person, and his name is Jesus. Now... When I got saved, I didn't know much about God at all. I had been raised in church when I was a kid, and then when I was a teenager, went crazy, and that was that. But I didn't know much about church. I didn't know uh, about the born-again life and all that. I grew up, though, believing about God. But when I was 19, I gave my life to Christ and then I, what it was is I believed in him. And when I believed in him, my life was changed and has never been the same. When the Bible talks about the faith, it's talking about Jesus. Say his name tonight, Jesus. Paul gives us a simple uh, explanation of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, and then verse 3 and 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according 
to the Scriptures. You, you wonder what the gospel is. This is exactly what Paul is describing here. Uh, he says Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. It's a simple gospel. It's so simple that even a child, when he is exposed to it, can believe. Jesus was died, he was buried, and he rose again. And that gospel changed the whole world. And when we believed in him and received him, it completely changed our lives, didn't it? You and I tonight can describe our faith with just one word, really one name, and it's Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. <laughs> oh, I love that name, don't you? Man, I tell you, I prepared this message and then was going over my notes today, and when I came across his name in my notes, I started crying. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I tell you what, that's, that is the most powerful prayer you can ever pray. Just that one word, Jesus, that one name. His name is what? Jesus. How do we know God loves, cares, forgives, and heals? We know because of Jesus. How do we know that God cares about our problems? We know because of Jesus. In Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Oh, I tell you what, I'm talking about somebody tonight, and his name is Jesus. Thank God. God for forgiveness. Thank God for healing. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his peace. You know that I lived so much of my life without peace. We lived without peace until we met him, the Prince of Peace, and his name is Jesus. How do we know God is even there? Jesus Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus said, and be sure of this. There's something we can be sure of tonight, church, and that is Jesus said, I am with you always. Somebody say always. Even to the end of the age. How do we know uh, that God will take care of us? Somebody shout it out tonight, Jesus. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Our questions about God are answered in Jesus. Anybody besides me ever have any questions about God? Our questions about God are answered in Jesus. How do we know he loves, cares, forgives, heals and all the other how do we know how do we know what God is like because of Jesus. Our faith tonight isn't in a teaching or a philosophy. We believe in teaching, and I, I guess in a broad sense, we do have a philosophy, but it's not just a philosophy. It's not just something man conjured up. Our faith isn't in a philosophy. It's in a person, and that person is Jesus. 
Say his name again. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. We used to sing that song. Master, Savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance after a rain. Wow, you know how good it is when, whenever it does ever rain in here? And you go outside and you catch that first fragrance of, of after the rain. That's like Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so if somebody ever asks you, well, what do you believe? You can, you can sum it up in one word, one name, right? Jesus. Now tonight, our faith is a confession of Christ. What we say is a major part of our faith, isn't it? See, that's what confession is, is what we say. And Romans chapter 10, verse 8 says, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Our faith and our mouth, what we say, go hand in hand. You know, our Christian life begins when we confess Jesus, doesn't it? There isn't anybody who ever gets saved unintentionally or accidentally. There's nobody here tonight that went to bed one night, an unbeliever, and then you woke up the next morning a child of God. Just somehow something happened. Wow, I didn't even know what happened. I went to bed a rank heathen. And I woke up the next morning, a born-again child of God. Woo, man. Some kind of cosmic accident. It, nobody ever gets saved unintentionally or by accident. We believed and then we spoke. I want you to say, I believed and then I spoke. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess, this is so powerful because people all over are wondering, how, how could I ever get right with God? This tells us. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not it's possible, but you will be. I love the, I love the definites of God's word, don't you? I'm glad it's, it could happen. Might, maybe, hopefully. You will be saved. Say, I was saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Faith is saying what we believe. And when we say what we believe, miraculous things happen. That's what happened when all of us got born again. The, 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 when I gave my life to Christ, I had no idea that night. I said a simple prayer and had no idea the impact that that simple prayer was going to make in my life. But I meant it. A, a, a pastor had come up to me and shared Christ with me, invited me out to a gospel uh, a gospel rock concert, a Christian coffee house. You know, I thought about that ever since then. I don't think I ever did get a cup of coffee. 
I don't even think there was a coffee pot in that coffee house, but there was a lot of the Holy Ghost and God, amen. And so I went out that night, and, and there was probably about 25 people besides the music group that was playing and uh, sat there through the music. It was really good. They were good. And they testified. And a uh, girl, I remember crying about what Jesus had done in our life. I thought it was kind of how could anybody get that, you know, emotional about Jesus. I thought it was kind of fakey. Uh, but she was being real and true. I just was looking at her with a unredeemed heart. So I thought, how could anybody get that emotional? And so afterwards, after the group got finished playing, the guy that invited me out, the preacher, stood up and gave an altar call. I had no idea what he was doing. I didn't know about altar calls, never seen one, never heard about one, never been in one, but I was in one now. And he kept pulling that thing and said, you need to get saved. You need to ask Jesus in your heart. You need to raise your hand. I thought, I ain't raising my hand, Uh uh-uh. No, I'm not going to do it. And he kept on, and I don't know how long he went. It seemed like an eternity. Like, I don't know, it might have been 15 minutes, but he kept on because he knew I was there, and finally he got frustrated. I know he did because he said, you know what, I know you're here, and God knows you're here. You need to raise your hand. And I thought to myself, well, of course you know I'm here. You talked to me this morning. (laughs) And finally... I had prayed, though, two nights before and cried out to God and said, God, I need you to tell me what I should do. Send somebody to talk to me. And I knew he had answered my prayer. And so finally, I just broke down and thought, you know, I may as well try it. <laughs> Raised my hand. And, and then he, did, he said, you know what, now that you raised you, I want you to come up here in front and just pray. And I thought, What? <laughs> Man, I already raised my hand. What? What? Had to come up there in front, and he said, somebody's going to come and pray with you. And uh, Ron Simpkins, uh, who uh, from that night, and then uh, that was 40, almost 43 years ago, became a lifelong friend, prayed a simple prayer. I asked Jesus to come into my life. I believed in my heart. I confessed with my mouth. And that night, I was S-A-V-E-D, saved. Had no clue all of what would unfold after that. Salvation's a miracle. Getting born again is a miracle, but it starts, it all began with Jesus dying, buried, rose again, and then us believing and confessing. Can you say that's right? Faith is saying what we believe. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Our faith is built around the confession of Christ and His Word. And what we say tonight, this is so important. What we say is so important. That's what confession is. It's what we say. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. We're cautioned to lay hold and take hold and hold fast our confession for a reason. You know what that reason is? It's because we are sometimes so programmed to the negative. And it comes out in what we say. 
we are influenced so easily by our feelings, aren't we? And sometimes we just feel things. And so because we feel things, we say things. Well, I just got to say it because I feel it. Negative things sometimes. Because we feel negative, we just got to feel it, so I'm going to say it. Sometimes it's just silly stuff. You know, maybe something as silly as, well, I, I, you know, I, it's going to be a rotten day. I know it's going to be a rotten day when the wind blows. Well, how many know if you're going to have a rotten day when the wind blows, you're going to have a few in Kingman, Arizona. But listen, we say things about ourselves. I'm too tall. I'm too short. I'm too ugly. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too old. I'm too dumb. I'm too broke. Have you ever noticed how when, when you say what you feel, when you feel crummy, that somehow it just doesn't make you feel any better? Have you ever noticed that? Some of the things we say may be more serious. Like, how could God ever love a person like me? How could God ever forgive me for what I have done? I don't know how I could ever amount to anything. Maybe you were told in, in your childhood, you will never amount to anything. But Jesus, Jesus comes along. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Say Jesus. See, we have to watch what we say. Maybe, maybe you've been a Christian for a while and you still catch yourself saying things. I don't, I don't know that I'll ever amount to anything. I don't know how God could ever do this for me or that for me. And, you know, tonight what we say matters. The Bible says in Proverbs, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And in tonight, instead of saying how we feel sometimes, what we've got to learn to do is tell ourselves how to feel. We are Christians tonight. We are born again believers, and if you've never given your life to Christ, you can before the end of this service and before we go home tonight. But uh, those who are born again believers, we are Christians. We are born again believers, and that means something. We have a confession, and that confession is of Jesus Christ. This is just a little bit of what the Bible says about him. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning and the end. He's the faithful and the true. He is God with us. He's the good shepherd. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the light of the world. He's the mighty God. He's the prince of peace. He's the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life. He is the word of God. He's our savior, our counselor, our deliverer. Jesus died and conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he saved us. That means we are safe. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside us. We are never alone. With Him, all things are possible. Did you hear that tonight? With Him, all things are possible. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Our God shall supply all our need according to His riches and glory and either by death or by rapture, one day we're going to see him for ourselves. 
what we say is important. It may not stop the wind from blowing in Kingman, but I tell you what it will do. It'll make a difference on our, how we feel. It'll make a difference in our lives. We aren't meant to go through life just saying how we feel at the moment. We got to learn to tell us, ourselves, how to feel because of Jesus. Say his name, Jesus. Faith is a confession of Jesus Christ and his word. Now, I'm going to briefly tell you how to feel better. How many of you came to, tonight and you're, you know what, I'd really like to know how to feel better. There's one, two, three, yeah, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you anyway. Psalm 119, verse 25. I think Pastor Poole used this several weeks ago. My soul, I, in, a, in a different version, I think he read it, but he says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. Now, when you read the first part of that psalm, it, that guy's had a bad day, hadn't he? In the, the com- common English Bible, it reads like this My life <laughs> is stuck in the dirt. Boom! My life is stuck in the dirt. You know, and that, that, is, that sounds kind of funny, but tonight there are all of us here have had days where we felt like our life was stuck in the dirt. And it was anything but funny. And this guy speaks and says, my life feels like I'm stuck in the dirt. But then he says something, and he prays a prayer. He says, quicken me according to your word. And he was awful, awful must obviously have got an answer because then he says in Psalm 119, verse 50, some verses later, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word has quickened me. God's word quickened him. And that word quicken means to keep or make alive, give life, recover, repair, restore, revive. How did he get recovered? How did he revive? How did he get life? How was he made alive? Because of the Word, the Word of God. God's Word is more tonight. God, help us. His Word is more than just ink on paper. It is, it is the Word of God. The Word of God, it's more than just ink on paper. And if we believe in Christ, believe in Him with our heart, we confess Him with our mouth, through the course of our life and the difficulties that we face, do you know what will happen? Jesus Christ himself will walk out of the pages of this word and bring healing, bring deliverance, bring recovery, bring revival, bring life to us. He'll revive us. He is the word of God. And when we believe and confess He steps out in the affairs of our life. Word of God's powerful. Man, I'm going to have to get some more, do some more cardio. I'm working up a sweat up here. I sense, I know the Holy Ghost is moving. I know God is mine. You know what? Jesus, 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 Jesus is here. Jesus is moving. David Yonggi Cho is a man who has grown the world's largest church in Seoul, Korea. He, 
he got born again decades and decades ago <clears throat> as a young man. And South Korea at that time didn't have the prosperity that it has today. This was after the war and difficulties and struggles. And he and his family survived by just eating sweet potatoes. But he gave his life to Christ and began to confess with his mouth the Lord Jesus, and over the decades, God raised him up to be a preacher, and then not only to preach, but to believe and to contend. And do you know that after all of these decades of serving God, he grew the world's largest church. God prospered him and caused him to rise up to be an influence to the entire world. And after all of these decades of serving God, to this day, daily, in his own words, <clears throat> he confesses Christ. He says these words daily. I believe in Jesus Christ, my personal Lord and Savior. I receive forgiveness through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I believe I will be healed from sickness. I believe I will be blessed. I believe in the resurrection and in everlasting life in heaven. Now, we may not speak the same things every day, but every day we need to confess Christ. We need to confess who He is to us. We need to thank Him that He saved us. We need to thank Him that He is the Lord, our healer. His Word is alive when we believe it in our hearts and speak it with our mouths. Jesus said, the Word that I speak are spirit and they are life, faith, faith is a confession, Jesus, your word has given me life. Now, finally tonight, our faith is a continued fight. In Jude 3, it says, <clears throat> can turn in earnestly for the faith. It has to be contended for. Can you say amen? 1 Timothy 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Paul ends that, that portion of Scripture by saying, I have fought the good fight, I have kept the faith. Faith is a continued fight. I wish this wasn't so. <laughs> I wish that when we believed, confessed Jesus with our mouth that one time, that then there was no more struggle. We never have an issue with our believing or our trust. But tonight, every one of us here knows that faith is a continued fight. It's something that every single day we have to make up our minds afresh that Jesus is who he said he was, and he still will do what he said he would do. He forgave us when we confessed him. He is our healer. He is our provider. He is our sustainer. He is Lord. Believing isn't a one-time thing, is it? Believing isn't a one-time thing. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Faith is a fight, and it's a good fight tonight because we win. <laughs> now, I tell, I'll tell you, I've, I've gotten in a couple of fights in my days, and you know what? I, I got whipped a couple of times. They weren't good fights. 
I had a guy that was smaller than me. Uh, he was scared half to death and, and got in a fight with him. And, man, that guy gave me a black eye. Man, that was embarrassing, smaller than me, humiliating. Wasn't a good fight. <laughs> the good fight is the fight we win. And our fight of faith is a faith as we continue to believe and to confess Christ. It's a good fight because we win. And this is what Paul says again. I fought the good fight and have finished the race. I've kept the faith. And you know what he's saying here? I started this message tonight by saying uh, that faith, hope, and love uh, are three things that will last forever, and they are things that if they are functioning, operating, we put them to practice in our life, uh, they will keep us lasting forever. And that's what Paul is saying here. At the end of his life, he says, I've fought a good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. And what he's saying is, uh, I have kept the faith And the faith has kept me. And there's a day that's coming for all of us where this fight is going to be over. And we're going to pass over onto the other side. You know why? Because our faith was in him, Jesus. And when we cross over from this life into the other life, There'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more death, no more heartache, no more sorrow, no more loss, no more things that that fail or can stop or cease. But we'll step into eternity with Jesus. And you know why? Because he died, he was buried. And he rose again. Jesus. Say his name again tonight. Jesus. Say it one more time. Jesus. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that sound good? Man, I I love his name, don't you? You know why? Because there's just something about that name. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. There is something about his name. He is Savior. Tonight, if you're here, you've never given your life to Christ or you've been away from him and tonight want forgiveness of your sins. Nobody looking around for a moment. Just slip your hand right up and just acknowledge your desire to be included in this prayer. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you. We're going to pray together, and I want you all just to repeat this prayer with me, would you? Just pray this out. Let's stand to our feet, can we? Let's just kind of focus in on him, Jesus. Go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes again, and let's pray this prayer together. If you'd repeat this out with me. Jesus, thank you for who you are to me. I believe that you died You were buried, and you rose again for me. You shed your blood for my forgiveness. And I do ask you to forgive me, come into my heart, live inside of me. Thank you for coming in 
and cleansing me and making me whole. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for being my provider. I confess your name, Jesus, over all of my life, over everything that I have, over my family, over my friends. I confess your name, Jesus. Thank you for who you are to me. I believe in you. Jesus. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what? That, that, faith, that faith will last. That faith will last. That faith will last. It'll keep us, won't it? World is a weird place. It's strange times to be alive. Sometimes uh, Cindy and I are talking and we're think, we talking about just stuff the world, and we think, you know what? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm glad that in this life, in the thing, uh, transitions and changes and all the stuff going on in this life, that there is something we can always depend on that will last forever, and that is our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, next week, we're going to talk about hope. Hope is not hope so. Listen, hope is not, well, I hope so. Our hope in Christ is no-so. It's not a hope-so faith. It's a no-so. Hope-so. Not hope-so. Say, somebody say no-so. I'm going to talk, talk about hope next week. It's, it's a powerful word, one of my favorite words now, hope. Amen. It's in him. God bless you. God love you. Be friendly with each other. The prayer team's up here in the front.